I just want to talk to you for a few minutes as we step into the new year. So I'm going to be plowing ground once we hit the new year, but I just want to talk to you. I was listening to a, a video by Graham Cook. He was talking about the new year. Uh, he was talking about instead of making resolutions, establish something else within your life. And he was talking, it, re- it reminded me, sometimes I ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm doing right. I mean, that sounds really odd, but there's many things that he has taught me and established within me that are just part of how I live my life there. I grow in, and this is, this is, it's just a part of who I am. So to stop and be able to think how to explain that to somebody else, like it's like, how do you teach somebody to breathe? Right, okay, it's, it's help me understand what I'm doing right and how to communicate that to somebody. So when I hear somebody else start to communicate it, and it, and it oh, I know that, thank you, thank you. And I felt like that was one of those moments when, when I began to hear him speak. And so I just, that's kind of where the thought has come from stepping into the new year. And let me just share it with you. It's a simple thought. And yet, if you run with it, it's what I'm going to say, some of you already run with, but you don't realize you run with it. And some of you have, it's beginning to happen, but you don't realize what's being formed in you. Okay, so let me just do this. When the church first began, the, the Jewish believers, they had uh, the benefit of the Torah and the prophets that was taught in the synagogue. So they, they had the Old Testament scriptures from which they can grow. They already had that basis. The Gentile church didn't have that. So st- spread out through Asia, where the uh, apostles went and they planted churches, there was many in there. There was some within those cities that were from a Jewish background and would have that within them, and they could share from that. But many, many of these churches just received a letter, and those letters were distributed among churches within that area, but they received a letter from the apostles, which we now have formed into our Bible. But they didn't have Bibles. First of all, it had to be translated into their language. It had to be scribed down. It had to be put on paper. It had a whole process of coming and putting together a book called the Bible and then to have that available for the common person to be able to afford and have within their own hands, it just wasn't available to them. And so that they would come and they would be taught the Word of God. And within communities that were in churches, uh, in orders, in monasteries, whatever it had, they would establish what they call is a rule of life, which is just simply taking principles from the teachings of Christ and establishing them as a rule or a measure by which to filter or to process how, how you are living your life. This was available to everybody. It was done in simple terms. It was especially beneficial to those who had never learned to read or write. Like you take for granted the ability that you could read your Bible. You take for granted that you have this compilation in front of you. 
But until around the 1600s, this was unheard of, and it certainly wasn't as available as it is to us today. How many of you have more than one Bible at home? Yeah, that's amazing, hey? How many of you have your own Bible? Wow, it's amazing. You must be really excited, right? You must be just absolutely thrilled. Like, whoa! Because it's only been in the last so many hundred years that people have actually possessed this. This is a high privilege. We'll talk about it more in the new year, this scriptures. Whoa, and having them available. But they would establish a, a rule of life. The, the Latin word behind that is the word regula, or something done regularly. The idea was to have some kind of a measuring, a measuring device that you'd be able to apply to your life and how you lived. Some teachings that I've seen on rule of life say that the, the word rule comes from a Greek word, trellis. I've tried to look that up. I can't find it anywhere. It's one of the difficulties that I have with teaching is if I hear, some, if I hear a preacher I, I look up to give an illustration, I assume the illustration is true. It's kind of like Facebook. You get so many things passed along on Facebook, and all I do is go back and type in hoax beside half the time what's being passed on is is hoaxes and I get tired of correcting people but I want to look back before I give an illustration and see whether or not it has a basis I'm just saying I've looked at that word trellis I don't see any connection with a Greek word however I love the illustration of the word trellis the rule of life being like a trellis which is not to be restrictive, but is to provide a certain structure for you so that you can grow upwards, right? So I like that illustration. I like that idea, okay? So it involves attitudes and practices that reflect the teaching of Christ. They could be communicated in a simple way. They could be remembered and practiced and integrated into the life of a community, And as I said, it was available to everybody, but specially benefited uh, the uneducated. It addressed uh, developing values of consistency and simplicity and humility and balance and charity and generosity and hospitality, involvement in community. In fact, it it was really an instrument to be able to provide stewardship for your life. Now, let me just say, All of you have a rule of life. All of you have that. You just don't necessarily realize it. So the first thing is I'm coming, I'm suggesting is sometimes it's good to stop and just evaluate what is of value and what are those things that are established within my life. One of the things, just for instance, is Betty Ann over the last little while took a look at, you know, everything that we had in the house and through a process of life and whatnot, made an evaluation. We wanted to simplify things. We wanted to minimize things. So now, almost on a regular basis, we go through a process of what haven't we used? What don't we need? What belonged to the last season? And instead of, instead of just keeping it, 
you find someone else that can utilize it and be blessed by it. And you simplify your life. It's just a rule of life. So that when you're going out shopping and you see something, you go, I'd like to have that. Stop and go, do I really need it? Right? It's just, it's a rule of life. Some of you have those rules of life. Do I really need it? It's like I was up moving my son and they were laughing because in moving, you tend to, you tend to get rid of stuff that you don't want to move and lug on to the next house. But when he moved from Dundas up to uh, the Barry area, he moved, was it, was it sand? Sand, right? Yeah, he, you were a part of that move. He moved sand. What was that, from his sandboxes or something? He, he moved sand in pails. It was like, you know, you, not, you can't get fresh sand up there? No. We said, so this time we said he's going to put sh- snow from his backyard and move it to, to the next place. I remember a move that we did that uh, we had a, a box of rocks that we had collected from a, a beach. I think we were going to use it for a craft. And it was out in, out in the garage. I don't think we moved it. I actually think I conveniently forgot it. <laughs> what am I moving this box of rocks for from one place? So simplicity, minimizing. It's just a, just a rule of life to recognize and acknowledge that that's there. Giving, giving. It's in my heart. So when money comes to me, my heart is I want to live on giving. Given it shall be given unto you. So in my heart, I'm looking at giving. I want to be a giver. That's a rule of my, my life. I want to give. So when money is given to me, I'm not thinking, oh, where can I spend it? Or how, okay. My first thought is, oh, oh, what of this am I giving? I want to give. I want to live on giving. It's just a rule, rule of life. I believe in community. That's a rule of life. I believe in investing in community. So I, I believe in being a part of a group of people in which my life is invested. I'm invested for their betterment. That is not my job as a pastor. That is, I, I, long before I was ever a pastor, I made a commitment to community and invested myself in people, which automatically, because of that commitment, automatically people would recognize me as a leader and they would, I would move up into a place of eldership and then move. But that's, that's because that was just the outcropping of a commitment in my life that I am invested in a community of people and I am here not just for my growth and what this group benefits, I am here to invest in people and see them grow. And I believe that. I believe in opening up my heart and my life to people in order that they can feel welcomed into my life and they feel like they can talk through whatever it is that they need to talk through in their lives. I want they can be comfortable in my space. It's just a rule of life. What I'm saying is, you have, you have these rules. Many of you have these rules of life. It's good, good to acknowledge them. And here's what happens. When you start, when people start putting pressure on you or life starts putting pressure on you, you can begin to step outside of those things that were established in your life and you feel an angst. But if you don't understand 
who you are, who you are in relationship to God, and those things that are set in your life that are part of who you are and what you are developing as the expression of God in you, if you don't understand those, then people can easily move you into what they think you should be. And you get in those situations and you, you just, it, I just don't fit here. It's, it's act, because it's actually pulling you away from those principles that you believe in. So one of the principles in my life is I must be in a constant relationship with God. I must begin my day in that place and I want to walk through my day in relationship with Him. So people begin to put pressures on me that begin to pull me away from that commitment within my life. I want to make sure that I'm not so rigid. It's not something that's rigid And if for some reason I'm not able to fulfill that, somehow I come under condemnation. No, no, no. Not that kind of stuff. But it's a strong, set reality in my life. So that when I begin to recognize that pressures are coming in and around that are taking me from that, I'm going to sense an angst on the inside. And I need to realign myself. It's a measure. And it supports my growth. So, just talking about a rule of life. Now, if you want to look at a scripture just to get a feel for this, turn with me to Second Peter's. I'm going to talk to you about taking a scripture and allowing God to give you a scripture that becomes this measure for you. This support of what it is that God's doing. But just take a look at this, this scripture because I spent time in this scripture just pursuing, pursuing God, pursuing what God was saying to me, pursuing uh, God developing this within my life. And there's times when I go back to it. So for Second Peter, the first chapter, it says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By these he has granted to us precious and very great promises so that through them you can become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make an effort to supplement your faith with virtue or moral excellence or the courage to break free from the norm. Moral excellence. And to moral excellence, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, steadfastness. And to steadfastness, godliness. So, wow. What if I'm going through the year with that as my, my measure? Just walking. It's a, it's a portion of Scripture. I can, I can actually memorize that portion of Scripture. I can memorize it just by going over it. I can memorize it just by keeping it in front of me until I'm walking before God and saying, God, this year I don't want to just live the status quo. I want to break free. Maybe but everyone else is living and everyone else is caught up in this and everyone else is focused on this and everyone else thinks this. But God, I want to go for the gold in my life. 
I want to go for you. I want to go for your life, your character within me. Hallelujah. God, I want to know more of you. One of the things that I want to increase in is more of a knowledge of you. Now I'm starting to filter the activities that I'm in. Starting to filter them. I know everyone else is talking that way, but I cannot be a part of that kind of conversation. I know that everybody wants to be involved in that, but I cannot be involved in that. God, I'm going after you. God, I'm going after you. I know that there's pressure to be involved in that, but that's going to pull me away from my seeking after you. God, I can't be involved in that. It creates a filter. It creates a measure. It creates, for me, something that I'm intentionally going after. I want to know you. I want to know and experience you. That means that something else is going to have to take second place to the pursuit of knowing him. See what I'm saying? Creates a measure for me. Peter in this, if you read it down, he, he says, I'm, like, I'm, I'm soon going to depart. I need to remind you of these things. I need to establish. If you want to make sure that you're going to enter into heaven's glory, you want to establish these things in your life. This is what you're going after. So if you read down through, he's, he's talking about, okay, he's, he's talking about establishing in your life the ability to focus, the ability to persevere, the ability to allow the reality of God to permeate every area of your life, to allow your relationship with God to open your heart of tenderness and love and compassion and kindness towards other people and to allow your relationship with God to open up your heart in sacrificial love for others. Wow. What happens if you take a scripture like that and partner with the Holy Spirit? So what I'm saying to you is you can make a a resolution that I resolve by the power of my will that I'm going to change this bad behavior or I'm going to establish this good behavior. But what happens if instead you say, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to give me a portion of Scripture that becomes the center of our focus and conversation. A Scripture that will help support what it is you want to develop in me in this coming year. A Scripture that will allow you to speak to me in different areas of my life so that this that you're working on begins to work its way into not just that spiritual area of my life, but into every part of the fabric of who I am. There's a scripture that's working in me right now, which is Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ. So God prepared me for this verse, and I I can tell this verse has taken me into the new year. If you then be risen with Christ. Because what he's told me in this past year, as you come into the end of this year, he said to me, he says, Bob, into this body, a new creation has been placed. 
that person, that entity that used to live in this body was crucified, received its judgment. Now into this body has been placed a new creation. There is a hidden person in you that will not be unveiled until my coming. He will grow within the circumstances of your present life. He will grow and develop within this body. I'm not, I'm not being given the new body yet. That's the final part of my sonship. But the present part of my sonship is to develop within this body which was ruled and programmed by sin and to learn as a new creation in this body born not from, from below but from above not of this earth new creation to learn to take rulership over this body. He said, Bob, you are no longer defined by who you were born to your earthly parents. Your identity and your loyalties are no longer there. And in this coming year, you are going to need to learn to focus on this inner hidden man. And you no longer have any obligation to serve this body. This body must serve the inner man, his calling and his destiny. So this verse coming to me, that was just all for free. If you then be risen with Christ, the if is I have a choice. The you is it's about you. <laughs> if you then be risen, it's a state of being that I have to choose. If you then be risen with Christ. It's not just risen to a new life, but it is risen to a new life that exists only in relationship to Christ. Now, all I'm saying is that this verse, which I've already committed to memory, but now somehow he wants to use it to work in me and begin to create. So the challenge is, I can sense it coming now. <laughs> I can sense it coming now. The challenge is to allow this word to actually work its way into my perception, to begin to measure how I'm perceiving myself, to begin to measure what is having an influence and a control over my life, to begin to measure what I consider to be possible. You see, because it's, it's telling me in this that I need to, if I then be risen with Christ, I need to seek. That word has to do with inquiry. In other words, I need to search out. I need to search out and find out what it means to be risen with Christ and to be seated with Christ. Seek those things which are above. So now, this verse is challenging me in my life this year to begin to look at the things that are in my life 
and say, what of these things are earthly and what are these things have to do with my ruling and reigning with Christ? And then he said, set your affections. That means the inner passions linked to something that's actually going to affect change within my life. Set your affections on those things above, not on the things of the earth. So what are those things? This verse is going to begin to create a measuring stick. You see what I'm talking about? So I could say, I'm not going to make those New Year's resolutions. Nah. Yeah, going into this year, what will be, will be. So I'm saying to you, New Year's resolutions, they'll probably be done about the third week. But I'm saying, you can go into this year very intentionally with the Holy Spirit. Very intentionally. When I wanted to learn to expand praying, I felt God say, take that, take the Lord's Prayer. You got it memorized, you said it since you were a kid. But intentionally begin to bring it before the Holy Spirit. Begin to measure your prayer life by how He taught me to pray. As I began to measure it, I began to realize I would start off with my needs, He wouldn't. He started off with the honor of the Father's name. That everything within my life would only be to the honor of his name. Hallowed be your name. But it's our Father. So I learned that prayer was was not a self-centered thing where I would only pray for me. But when I'm praying, I got you guys with me. Father. Because I'm committed to a community. In our lives, Father, let your name be reverenced through our lives. Let your name be honored in the service of our lives. Let your power and your glory be displayed. Now I go to my needs. No. Heaven, come. Your will... I want, to, I want to pray. I want to pray my escape from the situation. I want to pray the resolve of the situation. No. Heaven, come. Your will be done. And I, the Holy Spirit took the Scripture and used it as a measuring stick for me. Now let me just say, let me just, it's not meant to be restrictive. It's meant to empower. Okay, you can be really creative with it. You can ask the Holy Spirit for a scripture, so get it from Him. Don't strive at it. Watch what He does. If you ask the Holy Spirit, I found He finds a way to come along and give you a scripture. Just be aware. Just be aware and looking for it. Scripture will stand out. Something will be burning in your heart. One of the devotions you go, you go to online, the scripture will stand out. You go, that's it. I know that thing's burning inside of me. Write it down. Put it somewhere. Attach it to another habit you're good at. I brush my teeth religiously at night. Put it there. And just, just read it over, okay? I religiously go to the fridge. Oh, that, that, probably, that probably will have you memorizing it within a day. 
I wash the dishes. Put it right up in front of you while you're there washing. Okay. That verse, I'm just, talking, I'm, not, I'm just talking to him about it. It's just a conversation. Put it up in front of him. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Oh, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah, just put it right there on your coffee cup. There we go. You can be creative with it. Sticky notes. I remember I went, uh, I went away. I forget it was a weekend or a week. And before I went away, I got a whole stack of sticky notes, cut them out in heart shapes, wrote little notes to my wife and stuck them all over the house. Then she'd get this, how many of those do you put up? I don't know. How many are in the sticky note pad? <laughs> I don't know. I keep finding them here and there. Man, you could sticky note yourself into the kingdom. You really could. Look at the scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring out different phrases within it. Talk to God about it. Ask God to begin to reveal to you behaviors in your life, attitudes in your life, things that you've accepted in your life that no longer match what the Scripture is working in your life. I'm just talking about intentional partnering with the Holy Spirit. Some of you already do this to a certain degree, but I'm just challenging you to intentional partnership with the Holy Spirit. What I have found is this, and I need to be done. I just wanted to talk. What I have found is this. Let's take this scripture that I have right now. If you then be risen with Christ. I have found if I am in intentional conversation with, the, with God, in other words, I am now in a listening mode with him. I'm listening. This is our conversation that we're having. This is the scripture that you've put here. I'm not making it. It's not restrictive. It's not oppressive. It's just supporting. It's a part of the conversation that I come back to. I'm just exposing myself to it and building it within my, my life and my framework. What I find is that if I am in an intentional mode of listening, all of a sudden, more scriptures begin to come to me. More teachings begin. In other words, the word that I listen to attracts more right it attracts more be careful of the measure you give to listening to the one who has more will be given more will be given so if you actually intentionally go into the year in a listening mode saying, bring to me a scripture that you can use to get down into the thoughts and motives in the areas of my life in which you want to shape for your purposes for this year, and you're in that mode and you're listening, and you're intentionally having a conversation regarding that, you'll turn on the radio, some, some western singer will sing a song, and, and there will be a phrase that will stand and you know that the Holy Spirit brought a word that matches that conversation that we're having because he's always speaking and if you have a listening heart and a listening ear, you will attract that conversation to you. But if you don't, you won't. That doesn't mean you can't stop and you can't hear God. And, okay? Yeah, you can. You've got a relationship. Your spirit's alive under God, okay? But there's something that attracts 
His Word when you're intentional about it. It focuses your mind. It actually creates a focus within you. It forms a conversation with Him. It begins to create a lens through which you're looking at everything. It begins to create a direction that your life is moving towards. This is incredibly powerful. It's not you trying to do anything. It's you letting the Word work in you by the one who is an expert at working the Word. His name is Holy Spirit. And He is an expert at working the Word. That's a good way to go into the New Year. Said to the the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I long for encounters in your presence. But if encounters do not bring me into greater revelation and do not bring me into transformation, encounters were just an experience. I want the encounters because they soften my heart and open my heart to the realm of his glory. But in that place... I am longing for transformation because right now there is a hidden man in here. You read a little bit more of Colossians chapter 3. There's a hidden man in here that's in process to be revealed there with him in glory. And I long for this man fully grow into who he was created to be. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand? Man, I preach way too long today. This was good. Hallelujah. Father, I have such a longing for your anointing to flow and rest on my life, for your anointing to come into this place. God, an anointing to an anointing to. And Father, I am am blessing these people, asking that your anointing would rest upon them and that God, through the power of your anointing, released even now as I bless them, God, they would experience God empowerment. They would experience release, God. They would receive revelation, God. They would receive freedom, that God, this year, would be marked by tremendous change and growth that God outwardly bears fruit and brings in harvest. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.